You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Matthew 6, let's begin reading in verse number 25. Matthew chapter 6, in verse number 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Now, can I stop? And, and I don't think I have to do this, but let's just do it anyhow. When he says take no thought, it doesn't mean don't plan your meals. Doesn't mean reach in the closet and just grab something. You know, you're... You ever seen somebody that looked like they dressed that way? I try to coordinate a little. Jesus said, don't take no thought for it. So, uh, Brother pile socks. He just, he just grabs a sock. Hold that thing up. He's got a brace around one of his knees. He injured his knee. And I looked at it the other night on that leg there. And I said, I wouldn't let you in my congregation with pants that tight. I just know why. Now, one of his legs is modest, but the other one's not. I'm just telling you. It's like wearing skinny jeans, man. Come on. By the way, there's a lot of guys nowadays wearing skinny jeans. They need to watch their video, okay? Son, please get out of it. I mean, horrible. But anyhow, no. So, so when he says, take no thought of what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear, he's talking about, he, he's talking about, Concern, captivating, fretful, worrying. I'm worrying about what I'm going to wear. It's, it's consuming me what I'm going to eat, okay? Then he says in verse 26, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are, are, not, are ye not much better than they? In, what do we do? We model up. Let me give you an illustration. I was down in at, at the NASA, you know, organization down in. We, we, we're going to pick something big. We're, we're going to model up. I want to give you an illustration. It's going, it's going to be big. Jesus said, "Let me help you. Let's walk outside. I want you to. I want you to look at birds and flowers." So when you're worried about the things around you, go check the birds out and see how they're doing and go look at the flowers because, because I am in charge of taking care of both of them and are ye not much better than they sometimes brother Dave God says to me ding dude did you see the sparrow now God doesn't say dude but that's, a, that's herring version ding did you see the sparrow did you hear the bird this morning outside of your window? Did you see the flowers in the meadow? Are you not much more than they? You're my child and my image. What a great song. Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he 
not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? After all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, help us, I pray, dear God, tonight. Thank you for the way our hearts have already been spoken to the way thy spirit has worked in our hearts this day, preaching and singing and fellowship and giving and testimonies, God, we're grateful. Do the work tonight, God, that only you can do. We'll give you the glory. Lord, we know that you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. 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 My dad worked for the Atlantic Coastline Railroad. It merged later with the Seaboard Railroad and became the Seaboard Coastline Railroad. He worked there as a maintenance signalman for 41 years of his life. After he got back from fighting in the Battle of the Bulge in, in World War II, Pop was just a, he was just a old school, hardline, tough guy, high school football star in Savannah, Georgia, had a scholarship to Georgia Tech, turned it down, married my mother on Christmas Day, and went off to save the world from the demonic uh, influence of Adolf Hitler and Mussolini and Tojo. And when he came home, he went to work. No ticker tape parade, no fanfare, nobody patting him on the back. He just got his job at the railroad and worked steadily at that job for 41 years. He was a maintenance signalman. That meant that when something went wrong on the railroad, dad would get the phone call at the worst hour of the night in the worst elements outside when the storms blew in and that South Georgia rain began to pound. Something was sure to go wrong and, and, and he would have to go out. Sometimes it was simply a rock that had been blown in between tracks and the track couldn't close and shift. Sometimes it was electrical in one of the boxes. We'd go to North Tower or Central Junction and and sometimes it was just those manual levers that the guy up there would pull to make sure the trains went on the right track. And every now and then, it was a rare occasion, but every now and then, uh, it was in such a situation where there would be nobody else around where I could actually get in the way and dad would take me with him. I remember one, one night he got a phone call and uh, one of the signals wasn't working well and so they called him up and he's going and I was doing something and he said, Son, you want to go with me? I said, yeah, Pop, I'd love to go. So he, we got in the vehicle. We took off and drove there. He got out, and he's working at this, uh, this uh, signal box and working on that and getting it um, all fixed out, whatever wiring he had to do on the inside. And right as he got that thing ready and, and the lights began to flash, the train came by. And I stood, I stood by my dad. It was, uh, we were so close to the train that if somebody had held their hand out, they could have slapped us in the face. And I'm a little kid, and, and, and literally I'm feeling the vibration inside me. I mean, I can, I can feel it in my ribs and in my chest, and I'm standing there holding on to my dad's pants leg as this train goes by, absolutely teetotally immersed in the moment and caught up in it, and, and, and just just almost taking the breath away from me as the train rolls down the track and, and disappears into the distance. And I thought to myself, my dad did that. That train couldn't have come by here. 
That train, that train wouldn't be heading on its way. They'd have had to stop that train if my dad hadn't been on this spot at this time and got that done. And so I'm just, all these thoughts are going through my mind and I'm so proud of my dad and, and we're, we're walking back to the car and I'll never forget, I, I said to him, I said, Pop, and he looked down and he said, what, son? And I said, when I grow up, I'm gonna work for the railroad just like you do. And I'll never forget what my dad did. He stopped and turned around and he got down on my level where we were face to face. And this is what he said to me. He said, son, when you grow up, don't work for the railroad. Don't get a job at the railroad. You can do better. Now it hurt me because, because here's my dad. He's working for the railroad. And so what's wrong working for the railroad? I mean, I, mean, I, didn't, know what, I didn't know how to take it as a kid. I, I just wondered, well, why, why then are you working for the railroad? If you could do better, why are you working for the railroad? And it confused me a little bit. I didn't say anything to him. I just walked back to the car in silence, and, and I, was, I felt a little bit rebuffed. And Dad wasn't, you know, Dad wasn't one of those sit-down, rap-with-you type dads. When Dad rapped with me, it wasn't a good thing. And um, it was normally after I'd gotten an X in behavior on my report card. And so it, it just wasn't this, he wasn't a discussion type guy. And so we didn't sit down and he didn't give me his philosophy. He just said, you do better. Now the railroad's an honest job. And I love railroad men to this day. I mean, I, I've read books on the transcontinental railroad, fascinated by it, by Stephen Ambrose, nothing in the world like it, great book. And and, and, and man, I like, I like to go around old trains and, and uh, sometimes I explore old railroad tracks that used to be back in the day, I've been to Promontory Point and, and uh, Utah there where the Transcontinental Railroad met. I mean, I, I, I'm into all that. I love all that, especially because of my dad. And, and, and now that dad's in heaven, uh, my house is not too far. On a quiet night, I can hear the, the train whistle as it comes in and crosses the tracks. And I always smile down inside because it, it reminds me of Pop. And when I see a, a, a picture, a painting of a, a railroad train, I'm always thrilled at that and just an exciting thing to me. So there's nothing wrong with the railroad. But what my, dad, what my dad was simply saying to me was, I want you to spend your life investing it in something other than making sure that trains run on time. He wasn't criticizing the railroad. He was just simply saying to, to his son, I, I want more for you. I want you to give your life to something that has deeper value, <clears throat> greater impact, and affects lives more than what I've given my life to. Now in Matthew chapter 6, this is what I think. I, I, when I read this, I picture Jesus is getting down on our level and he's saying to us, no, I want more for you. I, I want more for you. I don't want you to spend your life wrapped up in worrying about the minutia of life. 
I don't want you to, I want you to do what the Gentiles do. That's how the lost world, they're all wrapped up in, in just the, the, the insignificant minutia of life. Jesus is down in our face and he's saying, son, daughter, I want more for you than worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. And, 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 and he's, he's saying, don't, don't carry don't, don't, don't borrow from tomorrow the concerns. That leave that alone. If I can take care of the birds and I can take care of the flowers, if I can do those things, you're my child. You have more value to me than a sparrow or a lily. Don't worry about that. Leave that with me and get busy doing what I've called you to do. Seek the kingdom. Amen. My kingdom. I feel like sometimes that we spend more time trying to build our kingdom so that we can somehow, and sometimes, sometimes it looks the same, but the motive behind it determines whether it's my kingdom or his kingdom. Yes, sir. Right. I mean, I mean sometimes, sometimes it's all engaged in good work and, and even in God's work, but the reason behind why we're doing it uh, is, is either for his glory or, or our praise, as was said today so, so well by, by, by Brother Rick. I, I think that, one of the dangers of, of this pandemic that we're in, if we're not careful, is that we are going to allow, we're going to allow the things that the whole world is wrapped up in to dumb down our faith. I mean, it's consuming our conversations. It's consuming our thoughts. We've swapped faith for fear. And God is looking at us and saying, the whole world's lost his mind. The whole world's afraid, and the tragedy is this, that it's, 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 it's penetrating and infecting the house of the living God. And I said it the other day, when people come to the house of God, what they need to hear in the house of God is the word of God and the encouragement that God would give them that, hey, I can take care of sparrows, I can take care of lilies, I can take care of the pandemic, I can take care of everything. Leave that alone and get busy about my kingdom. Guys, let's don't let this derail us. Let's don't let this, let's don't let this distract us from the call that God has given us. Let's get busy. Listen, soul winning. I, I'm, talking, I'm talking soul winning. I'm talking witness. I'm talking missions. I'm talking church planning. We can't, this is no time for us to go backwards. It's time for us to go forward. And if God wants to do a work at any time, why wouldn't he do it now? Why wouldn't he do it now? Well, I need a building. Well, we, we do, really, we do. And this is the worst time. Somebody says, you can buy a building? Well, it's the worst time. That's probably the good time for God to do it. Because when things are dark, the light shines brightest. And when things can't be done logically, that's oftentimes when God steps in. And I, look, I've got my eyes out, my ears open. I'm telling you, I'm excited because I believe that God can do something right now when the prices are sky high and the exodus is pouring into Idaho. I believe now's the time that God can say, South Valley, now's your time. I'm gonna put you where I want you. This is no time, dear friend, for us to go in reverse. Man, we started, we had our first service, a live stream. You know, I had, a, I had, the, I had the, uh, a tripod and a cell phone. Dude, that was it. A tripod and a cell phone. And I said, man, is this, is this how you launch Brother Gary into worldwide ministry? 
you know? Son, let's get ready. A tripod and a cell phone. Boy, I felt God speak to me that night and say, don't you dare step backwards. Don't you dare step backwards. You go forward. So I got up in front of the cell phone and the tripod. And I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. We need a camera. We need sound. You know, you know by Sunday morning, people had given $5,000 just to raise the equipment for us to do it right. And God just said to us, see, I don't, want you, I, don't want you, I don't want you hiding in a corner. Don't climb in a cave and pull the hole shut. No, no. God said, I want, listen, listen, this is the time. This is the time, dear friend, where we in front of our people, we model faith to them. We let them realize that God Almighty is not bound by a pandemic and by all the darkness that's in the world today. God's looking for people that'll step up and say, we'll move, we'll go forward. Even now. Luke chapter 17, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be uh, in the days of the Son of Man. Oh, my soul, what was it like? Well, I understand, no, no. I understand that man's imagination was only evil continually. That's part of the story. And that's not even the story that he gives in Luke 17. In Luke 17, he, he follows up with verse 27. They did eat. Well, how many of you ate today? Okay, good. Some of you are lying. They did drink. That's hydrating. The context of that verse. They ate, they hydrated. Okay? They married wives. They, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And, and so what's it like in the days of Noah? I think what he's showing us there is that, is that people, they were, they were just simply, they were in the routine rut of life. Yeah. It's that they were doing all of, none of those things are sinful, but what they were doing is they were living life in a cycle, a rut, a grave with both ends kicked out. They were just, they were just doing the same thing, muscle memory, over and over and over and over again with no recognition of God whatsoever. One of the things that bugs me most about what we're going on through now is that everybody's talking about everything else, but what about the, what about the system that God put within our bodies? You know, there's natural immunity. And we're living in a world that doesn't even recognize that. You know why? Because they don't even believe in God. I'm just saying, dear friend, we've got to get to the place to where, uh, to, to where we, uh, we're, we're not just going through the motion. And if we're not careful in this time that we're living in, what's going to happen to us is we're just going to eat, we're going to drink, you know, we're going to marry, giving in marriage. We're going through this. Listen, we're doing everything a pastor is supposed to do. And we're showing up on Sunday morning. And thank God our church is open. And we're having services and all like that. No, this is the time to move. This is the time to go forward. This is the time to step out on faith. We are, we've got to get out of our ruts. We've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to stop allowing the world to define for us who we are uh, in, in the world in which we live, and we've got to take a stand for God. These people were so wrapped up in the everyday thing, they had no time for God whatsoever, and their life was consumed by minutia. Little insignificant 
details. And so Jesus is describing to these disciples here how the world thinks. Look, look, at, look at how small their thoughts were. Where and What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? What will I do tomorrow? And if we're not careful, even in church planning, our, our thoughts can be, where, do I, where am I going to get songbooks? No, no, that, that, no that, I'm, not saying that's, I'm not saying you don't need songbooks. I'm just saying those aren't the things that, could, that should consume us. What am I, you, you know, uh, where's my Sunday school curriculum coming from? How am I going to get chairs? And what do I do for my first church sign? And, 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 and we can allow those things to consume us. Boy, there's been times at night, you would think after... Being in the ministry a while, you, you learn these things. But, but there have been times at night, even in Idaho, where I've tossed and turned. I mean, I'm talking 2.30 in the morning. i got to preach in just a few hours, and I'm tossing and turning, trying to figure out, concerned over. And, 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 and it's like God the Holy Spirit said, Son, um, what did I do for you the last time? Well, you met my needs. Have I ever not met your needs? No. Go to sleep, boy. Just go to sleep, son. This is not your church anyhow. We better learn that in a hurry. It ain't my church. It's not South Valley, you know, Baptist Church owned by Dean. No, 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 no. It's his church. And if it isn't his church, you got real problems. And if it's his church, if it's his church, then, then, then there's no need for me to worry because he's in control of his church, you see. I think that Jesus loves us more than my dad loved me. And I think that Jesus is saying to us, I want you, my child, to think bigger than the things you're thinking, to see a bigger picture. Don't settle for small. Don't live small. Don't ask small. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Now look at me, listen. He said to these men, he said, look, if you believe on me, the things that you've seen me do, the things that have dropped your jaw, the stunning miracles that you've seen in life. Hey, I want to tell you something. You're going to do those very same things. And not only are you going to do them, but I want, I want to tell you something. When I go to my father, greater, greater, greater than these will you do. Unless there's a pandemic. And then if there's a pandemic, I'm going to be honest with you, I just can't quite get it done. That's, 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 that's not what he said. Jesus didn't say, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. I can, you can get this done unless somebody stands up and, oh, my word, declares the church to be essential. Then not only is the church in lockdown, but I am too. No. I want to tell you right now, if you'll check it out, when, when that verse was given, it was a pretty dark day. And it got darker. And his power was not hindered whatsoever. And so Jesus is, look, Look, look don't, don't give me the junk about, about this. It's, it's a hard day. It's, a, it's always been a hard day. Are you kidding me? Anybody tied you up in a burlap sack and throw you in the, in the river and let you sink to the bottom and drown? No. These men didn't even have a right in court because they weren't Roman citizens. They could be accused of anything. Look, listen. No, look, I, look, it's a hard time. Well, it's always been a hard time. 
But the hardness of our time simply magnifies the greatness of his power. Maybe God's going to let it get hard so that we'll lean on him a little more rather than on our humanistic principles on how to follow leadership and be a champion. Champion was used one time in the Bible and it was for the Philistine. The little shepherd boy wasn't a champion. Little shepherd, little shepherd boy, he lived by faith while the, while the champion lived by force. I'm going to tell you something, dear friend. God's not looking for champions. He's looking for shepherd boys. Somebody that will wade into the valley and say the battle is the Lord's. And so I want to give you three challenges real quickly. First of all, ask big. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He said, hey, stop, stop, listen, come on, come on. What are you being consumed with worry about the small things of life? What you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, what you're going to eat. Don't get involved in those things. Have you ever considered the fact that God, that God just may want you to do something greater than the status quo? To just, to, to just run a maintenance ministry? You know, just, just a maintenance ministry? Patting people on the back, making them feel good. You know, maybe, maybe God wants you to do something that impacts lives and, and, and is bigger than that. It's embarrassing to me, Brother Dave, because John Knox prayed for Scotland. And we fret over truck tires. He said, God, give me Scotland or I die. And Bloody Mary said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than an army of 10,000 men. I had some guys call me up. and They asked me if I'd come to a prayer meeting. It was back when Obama was president. And they said, could you come to a prayer, all-night prayer meeting? Son, pray all night? I've done that, yeah. Hey, what's, tell me what's going on. What's your burden? It's Obama. Are you kidding me? No, I'll, I'll watch a rerun of Georgia football. You think I'm going to sit up all night long with a bunch of preachers whining about who's in the White House? Are you kidding me? My sleep means more to me than that. No. I'll go frog gigging. No. I'll watch swamp people. No. They said, you won't come? I said, no. Why? Because God knows who's in the White House spend my night informing God who's there and that I don't like him. God knows he's there and God knows I don't like him. So I'm not going to spend all night praying over that. I'm just simply saying we, we pray so small when God is so, God is so big. And I, I think in our text that, that Jesus is saying, is that all you want? Is, is, that, is that all you're going to ask me for? Is, is that all that's on your mind? What you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and, you know, uh, what, 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 what kind of a sound system you want in your car. And, 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 and I just feel like that there's God. And we walk in. So you can have a piece of gum. Anything in the store, we, Walmart, what do you want? Could you give me a piece of gum? Dude, have you walked the aisles and you want a piece of gum? That's all you're going to ask for? That's all you want? You're thinking small. And we come before God and 
We bring our, and, and, and I'm not suggesting, no, 1 Peter 5, 7, it lets us know we can bring our small stuff too. That's the beauty of God. But it also says we can pray for the big stuff. We feel real good. We feel real good. I can ask God for everything. I remember Bill Rice, um, his horse got sick and he asked for prayer at a meeting for his horse. And somebody said, Dr. Rice, you pray for your horse. He said, I wouldn't own anything I couldn't pray for. I've prayed for vehicles before, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But we're more comfortable there because we almost feel like we have to come to God with a disclaimer when we ask for something big. Now, I'm asking God for this, but God's, you know, God doesn't do it. God, you know, we throw a disclaimer out, you know. You ask and receive not, James 4, 3, because you ask amiss that you may be able to consume it upon your lust. And the reality of the, of the matter is, what does it mean, consume it upon your lust? That word lust just is talking about our selfish desires. It's not, this isn't a sensual word in application here that means that we, we get it for us. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you, can I tell you this? Part of asking big to God is when we realize that we've got a big God and God wants to do big things in the life of people and that God, listen, God will work through us. And listen, God will give to us what God, God will give through us what God will not give to us. And so when Brother Powell has a need and I go to God for Brother Powell and, and, and I get from what God would give me to give to him and I'm praying that God would help him and help me to help him and I give to Brother Powell and then I get from God and, 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 and God gives me and, and I give to Brother Jed and then God gives me, I give to Brother Samuel and, and, and God gives through me. But he said, you know why you're not getting? Because you're coming to me Oh, yeah, man. I'm liking this, son. Woo, yes. You're consuming it upon your lust. I want to tell you the greatest thing in all the world is to be able to give. That verse is true. It's better to give than to receive. And so, so, so I think we have to get to the place to where we're willing to ask big. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? What are you, no, no, we're in COVID. No, no, preacher, sure we, we're not even sure we're going to be open next week. No, no, no. What are you praying for that honors the majesty of God? Amen. Heavenly Father, I've got a cold. Would you help me get over my cold? What? Take some vitamin C and zinc and you'll be okay. <laughs> I had a brother, he's in heaven now, but he was, you know, he, everything, and look, I, and I, I take vitamins and stuff, but dude, his was always shark cartilage, cut off the back of a shark, swimming two miles off of Okinawa, four feet deep. Really? Uh, Dean, there are special ingredients in the waters off Okinawa that can only be found there. And so this is, this guy says, this is unique stuff. Idiot. So he, he, he told me one time, he said, he said, tea tree oil, a drop of tea tree oil, it'll help you. So, I mean, I've got, this, I've got this sinus problem, and I'm like, this is killing me. So I remember him saying a drop of tea tree oil. So I went down to the health place. I got tea tree oil, and I, I came back home, and, and I laid on the bed, and I took the dropper. And I'm thinking, this is, you've got to know me. This is me. This is how I think. I'm thinking if one drop will help. 
two drops will really take care of this. So I laid back on the bed, put my head on the pillow, and I dipped that thing in one, two in this nostril, one, two in that nostril, and then I went, son, listen to me. I'm talking, I'm talking an atomic bomb went off in my head. I, my head exploded. It was unbelievable. I thought, I'm serious, I thought I was dying. My eyes, I grabbed my face, I jumped up, ran off of the bed, ran into the wall, fell down, ran into the bathroom. I'm grabbing the counter, screaming. My kids run in. My boys are laughing. They're here. Dad, what's wrong? <laughs> Idiots from my wife's side of the family. Idiots. I'm dying and my kids are laughing at me. I'm screaming and I'm, I, this is what I'm saying. I'm going to kill him. And they said, who are you going to kill? I said, your Uncle Jimmy. I'm going to kill him. I called him up on the phone. I said, you idiot, what are you doing? And he said, Dean, I said, put one drop in a container. Shake it up, then put one drop in your nostrils. I, I went straight undiluted, two drop baby gone. I have no sinus passages now. It's called Craters of the Moon right here. It's all hollow. Now, you know what? Look at me. Really, honestly, it's okay to pray for your cold, but you, 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 you're going to be okay. You, you're you're going to be okay. You're, you're, you're going to get over that. I'm, I'm just simply saying that, that sometimes our prayers will take care of ourselves. Lord, help me with this test. Well, study. Try that. Study. The Lord's saying, I ain't helping you with that. You spend five minutes on it. I'm not helping you with that. There's no healing for dumbness. No. <laughs> Study. We, 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 pray, we pray for things that will take care of themselves if we'll just do it. And, 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 and Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying here, listen, if you have faith, you can move mountains. We spend our life praying over molehills. We spend our life talking about molehills and examining molehills and measuring molehills and figuring out how we can move the molehill. And Jesus said, there's a mountain that can be moved by you if you'll just believe and tap into my faith. Sometimes we, we need to pray for things that if God don't, it won't. We need to get to the place to where we can't so that we can realize we've arrived at where God can. Big thing. Second thing, pray not only ask big, but ask bold. Now you can ask big, but you can ask in a timid manner. You know, you can, okay, I'm going to ask, well, Father, you, you, you ever seen a salesman? You don't want to buy this, do you? Some of my kids would be great salesmen. I've got some that are just like you. You, you wouldn't want this vacuum cleaner, would you? Well, that's not the way. And, and sometimes we go to God and, and, and they, came to, they came to Jesus in Luke 11. They said, teach us to pray. And because there was something different about his prayer life. And then, then he instructs them and illustrates for them to seek and to ask and to knock. And it's all in the linear sense. And it's a bold thing. He's it's with importunity. And he comes and he asks for bread. And the man said, go to, go to, you know, get away from me. I'm asleep. And he, he didn't. He came back and he said, I, I, I need bread. I've got people here. He's asking for somebody else. I, I, need, I need some help for those that are visiting me. And he said, leave 
leave me alone. But he would not. And because of the man's importunity, he got up and gave him what he wanted. God is saying to us, listen to me, when you come to me, don't tiptoe into my presence. You come before me. That's my child. What a song. That's my child. That doesn't mean that he has just forgiven us of our sins. That means that everything that is his is ours. That means my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It means that we can come to God and, and bring our, our, our prayers before God. Hebrews 4, 16, let us come, therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Do we really want to spend another year praying small? Do we really want to spend another year asking for the same old, same old? Just going through our memorized prayers? Can we not ask God in a difficult time to show his power like never before? Can we not ask God in the middle of a pandemic when, 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 when people are afraid? Can, 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 we not, can we not ask God? I mean, what are our churches? Are they not lighthouses? Can we not ask God to let the lighthouse shine so bright that it moves our community and, and impacts our mayor and our city council and that they suddenly realize, no, no, church is essential. We pray for stuff. I love Genesis 36, 24. I don't know if this is your life verse, but I want you to consider it. This was that Ana that found mules in the wilderness. Son, write that down. You young men, that's a great life verse. Okay, no, they don't, okay. They're, they're not even, there's no even emotion over here. You're listening to the message. He found mules in the wilderness. What a commentary on life. Can you imagine going to a, a, a cemetery and says, Ana, the dude that found the mules. Son, that's him? I mean, I've been to Red Cloud's grave. I was preaching for, 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 for uh, Fergie down in, in New Mexico, and I said, is anything in history around here? He said, not that I know of. I got on my phone. Are you kidding me? 30 miles from here, Billy the Kid's buried. You've never been there? What's wrong with you? Man, we went down there. They had the, that, that famous picture, Billy the Kid with the rifle. They had the rifle. Man, I've been to graves all over America where, where people die. But here it is. I mean, this, this is Ana, and, and this is the guy. This is the guy that found the mules in the wilderness, and you're sitting there reading that thinking, wow, okay, well, all right. What does that mean? I mean, he, 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 okay, he found mules. What do you got to say for this guy's life? He found some mules. And they weren't in town. They were in the wilderness. He had to work for them. Why is that verse there? I think it's to show us the sum total of a life of people that search the wilderness for fulfillment. God hasn't called us to be finders of mules. He's called us to be fishers of men. Our work is eternal work. And I think that sometimes we, we, we got to corral. How's, how's things going? <laughs> yeah. Mules. I got mules. 
And everybody else has got mules or comparing mules. And God wants to do so much more with our life than what we allow him to do. Last of all, not only ask big and ask bold, but ask believing, believing. James chapter 1 says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Jesus said in Matthew 21, verse 21 and 22, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do that which is done to this fig tree, but also ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Ask in all these things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Ye shall receive it. And so God's not bound by the pandemic. I don't think there's ever been a time where there's ever been a greater opportunity to make a mark for God than the day and age in which we are living today. Can you imagine the privilege that has been handed us to stand before an unbelieving, fearful world and be a testimony for the glory of God, the name of Jesus Christ, and the work of the New Testament church. This is a great day we're living in. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what happens in, in the halls of Congress. Or I understand that affects us and the way we have to go about doing things. I'm not, I'm, I'm not brushing that aside. What I am saying is, that, that that doesn't stop the call of God nor the work that God can do. Not because of those things, but in spite of them. God is able to work. Now, we're just going to have to make up our mind whether... As it's been said already and emphasized over and over in this meeting, people of faith. Jesus said, I I want more for you. I I want more for you. I want you you to let go of the the minutia and the frettings and the worryings and the, the things that are consuming you. I want you to give me everything you've got. No, no, no. Don't seek your kingdom. Seek mine and I'll take care of all those Minutious. If you'll just, if you'll just seek my kingdom, then I'll take care of everything you need. He always has. He always will, and he'll do it today. Let's not be known as the generation that got caught up in the fears of the world. Let's be a generation of faith. Let's let's bow our heads, could we? We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.